Right. Hey everyone, it's your co-host Hillary. I'll be actually taking over the episode for today. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast and for um, anyone that knew that's coming to that Live in Sack podcast, thank you guys for joining. Welcome. Um, so I'm the co-owner of Life in Sacramento. Mission to provide and promote everything Sacramento. We spotlight businesses and everyone in Sacramento. We like to partner up with local businesses for giveaways highlight Sacramento businesses and the people and anything else that's like Sacramento related. So I'm very excited for today's podcast because Chef Minnie Nguyen, she also does way more than that. She um, is the owner of multiple popular restaurants in Sacramento like Firehouse Crawfish, Station 16 Seafood, Daikon Korean Barbecue, and a lot more that I don't know about, too much about, so we'll hear more about that. She's a beauty entrepreneur and she's so much more than that. So we'll just let her like take it away from here. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, so we just want to start off by just letting you introduce yourself. Let us know about yourself, um, what it was like growing up for you. Well, my name is Minnie and I grew up in Sacramento. Um, growing up was kind of hard. I don't know why I get emotional with this kind of stuff, but um, being a minority, growing up in a family that's first generation, you know, it's kind of hard. So, sorry guys, I'm like pregnant and just like so oh, no worries at all. So being a first generation and growing up, you know, you kind of see the Asian side and you kind of try to adapt to the American ways of life. It was hard, but it give you the strength to do whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah, definitely resilience right like that's something that I also like learn a lot from like my parents because we were you know my parents had to leave um, the genocide in Cambodia and they worked so hard you know they lost everything they lost like I never had grandparents growing up and that for me that was like something I wish I had because I would always picking like their grandparents picking them up in elementary school and I would be sad like why I don't have that you know yeah. opportunity you know, but I definitely understand where you're coming from. Like, it's just so hard and it, it's always emotional for me too. So I definitely understand. Yeah. And so I think it's just great that I'm, I was actually really excited to have you on. I found um, for you because um, you're a woman and you are leading like the industry in restaurant business and owning uh, a restaurant. So I thought that was great. Um, so if we can start talking about that, what made you wanting to become a chef? Um, how did you start that? Because I, from what I read, you um, didn't have any experience in cooking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I didn't have any experience in cooking, but I love spice. And growing up in an Asian family, your mom's always in the kitchen cooking, so you always have mom's flavors and mom's smell in the kitchen. And that was always home to me. And, you know, my parents made me go to college, like they just want the degree. So, you know, you go to college and after college, you gotta kind of figure out who you are. And one day I woke up and I said, what am I going to do with this degree, right? What was the degree again? It was a social science, bachelor's in social science from um, okay. Sac State. And I was thinking about becoming a history teacher or something within the social um, uh, profession. But I always loved spice mm -hmm. and seafood. And my, my family will always gather in the kitchen, eat seafood with your hands, dip it in salt, pepper, lime, and just have a great time. Yeah. So 
I decided let's just open a restaurant. And I had a boyfriend at the time and uh, he invested everything in me and we just went for it. Wow, that's amazing. And that's how Firehouse Crawfish started. That's so amazing. And how long has uh, Firehouse Crawfish been open for? For 10 years, 2011. Oh, that's crazy. That's yeah. so great. Congrats to that. Uh, I love eating there. I like going there a lot. <laughs> so it's always something that's great because for us as well, our family, we always eat with our hands. I think it's just always like something that that's shared in Southeast Asian cuisine and culture. I noticed a lot of similarities with different the, the foods. There's like different distinctions between it, but it's always the same in the end, right? Yeah. Do you feel that same way? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's nice. Um, is there like a certain dish that you really love to make or something that's like you're really good at? Do you feel like, I w I'm like curious to know. What I'm good at, I think what I'm good at is fried rice. I love fried rice, you know, it's fried rice after school. You always have fried rice. So I think it's the most simple thing that I cook best and love cooking is fried rice. So that'll be that dish. Uh, so something I know, I don't always cook it, but I wish I could because my boyfriend, Charles, he actually really likes uh, fried rice as well. And I heard it's better when you cook it um, with a day old rice. Is that correct or no? Or That's correct. That's right. You have to have that texture of that rice, you know, like if it's a day old, the outer layer of the rice grain is a, it's a different texture. It's a little harder. So you have that snap when you cook it in, in the pan and it does, it does not get soggy. Oh, okay. So it's the texture. So do you just let it sit like outside or do you leave it like in room temperature or something? Growing up, my parents left it outside. Okay. In the, I'm pretty sure. in the restaurant industry, we leave it in the fridge. Yeah, because you have to write, yeah. <laughs> but when you leave it in the fridge, it's harder to break down when you're trying to cook it because it becomes a solid um, piece of rice. Yeah. And when your grandma or your mom left it out, it's still soft and it's still manageable. Yeah, so that's like that's do it because that's just what I was taught growing up. Like that's what I saw. My parents mm -hmm. would just leave it out and room yeah. temperature. So yeah. that's what I learned. But then you know you have to do everything you know with the standard. Our rice are never left out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so can you talk more about some of the other restaurants that you after the Firehouse Crawfish? Well, after Firehouse was Station Sixteen, which opened in two thousand sixteen on Sixteenth Street. And that was just to level up the game. Like, okay, mm -hmm. if we could open a firehouse, what else can we do? Can we bring something like firehouse to downtown, you know? And that was a place where me and my boyfriend, husband now, uh, used to party, and that was a spot to be, right? So we kind of brought that concept down to Midtown, and it was, it was like starting a whole new restaurant over again, because we had no experience within that massive of, uh, of a restaurant. So, um, so that's how that came into be. And then we had Daikon, which was more about family and friends, because mm -hmm. we wanted to involve our family and friends that we truly love to be a part of it. And that's where Daikon came into. Then you have Station 38, which is, is a coffee shop, because we needed a office. Because if you look at restaurants, the majority of the restaurant space in the front is for the customers and usually for us operators or managers we have a little teeny tiny office in the back somewhere so we had an opportunity to open a coffee shop and i thought it was a great idea 
to have a coffee shop and like an office space. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Where is that located? Because I'm I, I'm actually not too familiar with that area. In East Sac. East Sac. Oh, okay. So it's on uh, Station Thirty Eight because it's on Thirty Eighth Street and J Street. Mm, okay. So oh, all of this restaurant is always like you hear station a firehouse. The reason why is because my boyfriend, at the time, he was a firefighter and he gave up his oh. dream to follow my dream. So we kind of name everything to keep his dream alive. You know, like he wanted to be a fireman and he was working for Plaster as a residential and he had to give up that dream to help me with a failing restaurant. Hmm, I see. So that's wow, that's so nice. So like knowing that you and your husband have like these businesses together, multiple businesses at that, how do you guys feel like you manage like the work-life balance of everything? Um, we, it's, it's crazy, you know, with work-life balance, you just learn as you grow. Oh yeah. Um, with priorities and we start 10 years ago with no kids with one restaurant and then you have two and then three and then it just kept growing and how we balance it is we balance each other um so if he's we go where we need it whenever together so we always split the workload in half and we get it done and then as kids come along we do the same thing so that's how we will balance our work-life balance oh wow that's really great uh and you guys feel like that's always what helped you guys throughout the work week like just splitting out the tasks like how do you how do you guys usually do it do you guys like usually talk about it like the day before or does it just kind of happen did that happen naturally for you do you feel like it happened naturally because he has his role and i have my role my, i'm more of the um the details and the menu and the i'm more of the dreamer and the visionary okay got it he's more of the business numbers business number side you know so okay. i never go into his 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 i never step his little department <laughs> yeah i don't go to his department he doesn't go into mine but when he is when he's not catching up to what he needs to do i recognize that and i call him out on that mm, he does okay. the same thing with me you know he sometimes he says, oh this dish is too salty because it's like the outside looking in right because like yeah. you don't do it for yourself but if he sees it then he'll like bring it up okay that's actually mm -hmm. really nice yeah and then we always call each other out like hey i noticed that uh, so so and this manager or that department it's, it's going south with this what are you doing and then do you need my help and usually you know he wants to fix it before i get in and if he can't fix the problem then i will come in and say this is how i would do it and mm -hmm. that way we have each other's back oh that's nice and then you guys don't kind of take it like critically no it happens right oh that's really nice to have that understanding because um, we started from nothing together oh yeah um so it's we have the same goal is to create with a purpose okay you know um to create this dream that or this vision that we saw together mm -hmm. but we have the same um we, we just gotta have the same goals yeah which yeah. i think that's very important just to always have that established in the beginning yeah it's the same for me and my partner we always mm -hmm. we have a goal together and that's our end goal and that's what we always like get motivated by so and you guys are doing amazing oh thank you amazing. <laughs> thank you that with you and your husband talking about your goals and like what you guys do together how did you guys manage like when it came to having kids together like was that something that was planned um or was it more like just working through it um we for the first few years when the kids were still in diapers 
-hmm. we worked through it because we had babysitters mm -hmm. and now since they're going to school they're in kindergarten and second grade they need us to kind of guide them with homework uh, with being disciplined with being not being on the ipad all the time or being in sports so now i'm more at home i work from home so that i could cater to the kids and that's where um, he is now. He's like out in the field. Mm -hmm. But I always have a gauge of what's going on. When he goes to meetings, he calls me and I'll mute myself and I'll listen into the meetings so that I am always in tune with each restaurant or each um, project. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be there, but I'm there listening to see what's going on. Oh, that's really I'm nice. Sure. Yeah. Did, uh, do you feel like that happened uh, during like the pandemic when you guys had to like adjust from like working like in person and going into like remote work? Yeah, I think that when the pandemic happened, it helped us out a lot. It kind oh. of kind of eased us into, hey, this is the new way of life of working. Yeah. You know, we can be at two places at one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really nice. And that's something like is a good tip for me as well for when, you know, when I have, will have kids as well. Yeah. Okay, so the next question I have, um, it will be different because I know that you do a lot of different things. And so mm -hmm. I do think it's good for also people listening in that may be interested in. Um, so um, I'm not too familiar, um, but if you want, if you can talk more about Champagne Cosmetics, is that the like the beauty entrepreneur side? Yeah, so the right. Champagne, huh? Sorry. Is that uh, the side that you work with? Is that your, your company or do you work with people for it? That's my company. Oh, okay, awesome. So what happened with Champagne Cosmetic is when the pandemic hit and all of our restaurants had to be shut down. Uh -huh. So there was uh, there was about two months I there I had no purpose, right? There, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, I couldn't work on the menu. I couldn't just you know I, I couldn't do anything with the restaurant or remodel or anything because we didn't know what's going on. So then yeah. I kind of had a chance finally to kind of just have a wall in my face. I'm like, okay, what's next, right? So what I did was I reflect on all of the struggles that I've been through. And when I had my second child, I hit part, uh, postpartum, you know, you kind of lost yourself when you become a mom because things change, your body changed, your mind changed, mm -hmm. and a lot of things change. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, is there any other woman out there that's going through what I'm going through? So that's where Champagne Cosmetics came in. Oh, wow, yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like that's something nice to tie in together because a lot of people, it's, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more women that need to be talked about, but before, back then, it was more like kind of hushed and you know, for people not to like mention. So I think mm -hmm. it's really awesome that you talk about it together. Um, is it like, do you, um, to tie it in together with the, um cosmetics do you talk about it for each product or how does that work um so what's what the concept with champagne is you know you always want to because you're worth celebrating mm -hmm, and yeah. i think being a woman we've when we have work life kids husband you know what people see us as we try to cater to other people and we're sometimes we forget to celebrate ourselves mm -hmm. and that's where the concept comes in and oh, that's awesome. we, we sell products that saves time you know like our eyeliner you line your eyes there's no glue you put your lash on and you're ready to go 
And the beautiful wow. thing is when you peel out your lashes, your real natural lashes does not fall out. Because you know, okay. when you wear um, false lashes and you use the traditional lash glue, mm -hmm. when you pull it out and when you look, you always see like five or six of your natural lashes in that lash. And I used to hate that. And yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think one way of us celebrating ourselves is wearing products that doesn't damage our natural beauty. Oh yeah, I love that. No. That is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely want to try that out because for me, I'm like, as I'm like, as me and my partner are working to expand the business together mm -hmm. and have so many other things are like just in general um, in different business areas um, I find myself not wearing as much makeup and so mm -hmm. say, I look for things that saves me time you know yeah so, like, I, 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 okay thank you I uh, <laughs> so like that's why I I felt like it was worth the investment of like getting my eyebrows microbladed doing mm -hmm. lash extensions so that I don't because that's the main two things I focus on for like my day-to-day -day, like kind of makeup mm -hmm. and so when that's already done when I wake up and not have to focus on that it like saves so much time you know so definitely for me you know working in business and stuff and doing so many different things it like helps save the time and so it's worth the investment providing out there for women that are always busy because there's so many busy working women I think that's amazing so yeah definitely excited to try that out yeah. <laughs> okay so the next question that we have is more Sacramento related um what did you think about Sacramento uh when it was like 10 years ago from now I've always loved Sacramento you know it's uh it's, it's a melting pot uh, a melting pot full of cultures together you, you can't find a city with all of this different types of food and culture. Uh, mm -hmm. We are very lucky. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you travel, you notice certain places, you don't have as much diversity. So I think Sacramento is, it, 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 it's a big melting flavorful pot full of beautiful oh, yeah. What's interesting is that other restaurant um, owners have said that to us as well. Uh, do you know the owner of Saigon Alley? Saigon Alley? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Name, yeah. She was actually, I think that's what she said in her um, podcast interview, um, like maybe episode five. Mm -hmm. She was like explaining it just like that way. You said it's a melting pot of everything. And that's something that's very um, what Sacramento is like. That's like the best explanation for it, mm -hmm. which is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what advice would you give people wanting to open up uh, multiple restaurant businesses like you and your partner? Um, if you want to work if you want to open a restaurant, I suggest working at a restaurant because um, growing Party, up, I've always worked. Them up, would you say? Like, you know, work at a restaurant. Like when I, my husband never worked in a restaurant, but I have, you know, I worked for mm -hmm. uh, mom and pop shops, um, Applebee's. You just want to understand what the culture is. You know, people who work in a restaurant, they hustle. You know, servers, they get paid by the hour, but they're working on their tips. So you got to know how to cater to people and mm -hmm. customer service is a big thing. You have to love people and care about their food and making sure that they're full or they're satisfied with their food. So, so going into the restaurant industry, you have to be a very caring person, you know, like if you're not going to eat that, don't serve it. Oh yeah. People like how you will want to be treated. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. You treat every single person the same. Mm -hmm. So you just have to be a people person. Uh, so that's one. And two, you have to really, really love food and service, even if you don't make any money. Because we struggled for the first five years, five, six years. 
and you gotta be passionate about it. Where when you not making any when you're not making any money, or or if you you're not gonna pay yourself for the first four or five years, and are you gonna be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Yeah, that's a very important question to ask, especially getting into that kind of like tough business. Yeah. What kept you guys so motivated? At, like, because that's a long time, five to six years or even seven years. How were you guys like able to stay motivated and know that like, you know, that was going to reward itself in the end? So we never thought that we would be, I, I still think that we're not successful. I just think that we're just doing what we love. Oh. So um, that's most important. Yeah. So during the journey, what kept us going was each other. You know, I didn't want him to struggle. He didn't want me to struggle, but he didn't want me to give up. And I didn't want to give up because there's people out there, family and friends, that are telling us that we're not going to make it. Like, they, they, they don't know what they're doing. They're, we hear things. You know, when, you do, when you're following your dreams and doing things that other people are not doing, people talk. When people talk, it gets back to you. You know, I'll hear things like, oh, so-and-so said that you guys are not going to last for six months. I was like, wow, right? So you have to prove people wrong, and you really, really have to love what you're doing to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kept us alive. Wow. And, 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 and you have to always figure out what's not working and fix the problem. Because like right away, right? Right away. And it's mm-hmm. very stressful. You know, there's always problems every day. Employees, customers, costs, food, um, the AC going off or, or being broken and how are you going to get the money to fix it? Mm-hmm. So you have to really love fixing problems or not be afraid to fix problems. And you just got to grind. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, thing I had a really good question when you said that, but I lost it. <laughs> um, how do you feel like you're making life better in Sacramento? Um, we we do things. Me, and my husband, we give, but when we give, we don't put put it out there. Okay. You know, you gotta you gotta stay humble, and you know you're making a difference in the community. And when I do make a difference, or when I do donate or be a part of a charity, I don't blast it because, you know, it has to come from the heart. So I think that me and him, we are making a difference. And that's what keeps us going because we know we're, getting, we're making a difference. Yeah, I think that's like what's the most important. Mm-hmm. You always have to give back, but give yeah. back humbly. Yeah. Definitely. Not just say, that, oh, look, I just donate this much. So when you give back, things come back to you. Mm, I believe in that too. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that's so nice. That's what we do. We give back to, 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 to things that matters to us, the things that, that, that makes our heart hurt as we see that, you know, when society is not going as it's going or when people is uh, in need. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where we put our charity and our, yeah. that's how we give back. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. Um, so this is a question that we usually ask every guest on the podcast. Um, there's so many different responses that we get, we get from the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually sense is um, funny, but it just respond however you like. Um, so the question is, when you die, how do you want the people in Sacramento to remember you by? To just follow your dreams. You know, be a good yeah. person and do what you love and give back. 
Yeah, so leave Sacramento better than you found it. Oh yeah, that's great. And do you feel like Sacramento, when it comes to like the um, the food industry, restaurant business, do you think that there? Do you see it a uh, different direction that it's going in, or is it changing, or do you think it's like the same? So when you look back 10 years ago in Sacramento, there wasn't a lot of restaurants, mm -hmm. you know, there was a lot of chain restaurants. There wasn't a lot, of, a lot of mom and pops. And recently we've seen a lot of local, um, local restaurants popping up. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's definitely great. Um, do you think that you guys plan to open up more in the future or is that just it right now? Um, right now, what I would want to do is open a Vietnamese restaurant that is authentic. Mm -hmm. But at, at, in the moment, we're not ready for that yet because you got to do a lot of research. You know, I would like to go back yeah. to Vietnam and kind of uh, study more and understand the culture more before I do that. But that's in the future, future. But as of right now, I think with COVID going on and a lot of restaurants are hiring right now. So you guys are you know, or you guys have teens at home or, or kids at home that needs to, to have a job. Every single restaurant is hiring right now. And right now, that's what our team is focusing on is getting quality um, staff in in place. Because okay. of the COVID, there's not a lot of people applying for jobs. Okay. And okay. that's what we're focusing on right now, rather okay. than opening more restaurants. But yeah. we are working on Brentwood's uh, Station 16. We're opening a second location. Oh, wow. Awesome. Okay. Um, for that, where can, is there like the website that they apply mm -hmm. from if they want to? Yeah, they can go on Station 16, um, Seafood Restaurant, and just go to Careers. Okay, awesome. All right. Uh, we'll be sure to leave a description for that as well for anyone wanting to uh, work with them. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, that concludes our segment for this episode. Thank you guys so much. And thank you, Minnie, for coming on the podcast. You, Congratulations on your pregnancy thank again. You. I hope it goes really well. And I'm so everything that you have going on and I'm definitely excited to try the uh, champagne co cosmetics as well. I think it's behind a great cause and the meaning behind it is so special and meaningful as well. So thank you so much and everyone listening in. If you do have time, please have time to uh, leave a rating for us if you can and just let us know how you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you guys and see you in the next episode.